time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. And what I'm going to talk about today is something that I wrote about in my fourth book, The Great Lover Playbook. Originally and now is uh, originally titled 365 Days of Sensational Sex because my editor felt that there should be one idea for every day of the year. So we did that. And in that book, I also, because and the reason the genesis of that book was that people said to me, people must tell you everything. And quite honestly, they do. And the reason they do often is I'm, I'm not a therapist. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who shares information and I'm a certified sex educator. So people will often ask me, you know, or want to know who else might be doing something. Is what they're doing normal? Is this okay? And because I'm not there to judge or analyze, they, again, they will often tell me more things than you could even imagine. So, one of the things that people will often speak of and want to know about is their fantasies. And as we're coming up to Halloween, I think it would, I think this is a fun thing for me to look at and to have discussions about. What do your Halloween fantasy outfits say about you? So, uh, you know, just before I got on the call, Karina was asking, I told her what the title was, and I said, you know, so someone said, they say a lot about who you think you are, and I remember this one woman saying to me, oh, my God, what does it mean that I want to be a slice of cake? And I will admit, my reaction was, well, um, and she was very much about food, there's no question, and she loved the sweet life, she was a mom who enjoyed doing things with her kids. So hers was like kind of an easy thing to do, you know, a review of. Now, the other thing I'm going to be talking about is I think for all of us, a good percentage of us, we go through and when we go to a movie, we see the movie, but then, you know, it's kind of like how much relevance does this have to me and my life? So the first part of the show, I'm going to talk about the two movies that uh, I saw over this weekend. One was Hotel Transylvania 2. So, again, it is a show based on, you know, a, a lot of fantasy going on in it. I can't even imagine how much fun it must have been to be making these things. And then the other show 
was the Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway movie, The Intern. And interestingly enough, when I first looked at the some of the reviews for The Intern, I was like, well, apparently, you know, people aren't being that interested or they're not enjoying it that much. And then I went and looked at, when I saw the movie, I really enjoyed it. But what I think happened is whoever it was wrote this, they've never been through these life experiences. And I think before, it's like people talking about a movie that they've never seen. You just don't do that. I mean, that's just poor form, right? So when I look at this film, it really was the story. It it didn't make him be, you know, cutesy-poo or funny or, you know, he really was someone who his wife had died. He wanted to be out. He wanted to, you know, he didn't want his world to end just because he had retired. And they had some good interplay. You know, he just told her the truth in a way that the majority of other people did not. But I will say, for me, one of the more hilarious lines was they're in a bar and she is, uh, she's having a, uh, She's had, I think, three or four cocktails. And she turns and, you know, she's got the three guys who work for her. Robert De Niro's on the side wearing a tie and jacket. And these other guys are dressed like like schlubs, like absolute schlubs. They, you know, crumpled pants, T-shirt, flannel shirt over top. And, you know, she, she goes, whatever happened that in one generation we went from Harrison Ford and one other actor to this. And she wasn't really meaning to say it that way, but that's what showed up. And I would have to say, to me, that was one of the more telling comments in the film. Because if you've ever been to Las Vegas, as an observation, of, let's, as soon as we get to fantasies, we'll get into that. But when you look at how people relate to one another and how important they think their presentation is, Las Vegas is a distillation of what, how men think they have to present themselves when they're out on the town or with their partner. And I watch these women, and they are dressed to the nines, the heels, you know, the, the makeup, the hair, the dress, everything. They look amazing. And this one friend of mine said, and the majority are going commando because they can't dare wear, you know, they want to, don't want to have BPL, visible panty line, with wearing any of their underwear because the dresses are too tight. I said, yeah. And he made that comment because he lives in Las Vegas. I said, okay. But when you look at how the men are dressed, they look like absolute slobs. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, feeling casual when you want to be casual. But, you know, it looks so weird to see this person who has spent time and effort to put themselves together, and he looks like he basically just got up from having a nap in bed. Not a good look. Anyway, I did enjoy the intern. I thought the Robert De Niro character really had a good interplay with Anne Hathaway. He told the truth. The only character, and I'll be candid, the only character that I think did not hit Buster was Anne Hathaway's supposed husband. He, I mean, she's quite stunning. 
he looked like he was about a six and didn't look that well-groomed, kind of not much personality. And I'm just kind of looking at this and going, how is it that this ended up with this? And then I won't, I'm not going to be spoiler alert. I won't say it, but it, there, that was the part that did not make sense. Her connection to her daughter, I got it. But to him, that was to me the only weak casting point. But otherwise, the interplay at the office and De Niro with, with her interplay, I thought it went really well. Now, the other one that I saw was Hotel Transylvania 2. <laughs> I love Hotel Transylvania. To me, this the first one had the development of all these just wackadoodle characters who do all of these things that, you know, chances are you have someone like that who's in your life. They just happen to be, you know, a monster. But in the same way that human beings have this thing about the monsters are going to get us, the monsters have this thing that the human beings are going to get them. So that's how the hotel gets created. Uh, anyway, it's, it was much more of a singular focus this month, um, pardon me, in this movie. And to me, you know, the, it was still cute, there's no question, but I, the characters that had come out in the first one were big and fun and interacted, and I didn't find there was nearly enough of that. I wanted, I wanted more. Okay, so we have Mel Brooks coming in as the grandfather, and the theme behind it is that the little boy who is Mavis and Jonathan, their, their little um, son that has been born since the two of them zinged in Hotel Transylvania, uh, he needs to have his teeth come out. He needs to have his vampire teeth come out. And it can only happen if there's something that, you know, is like a shock to the system or something. And the grandfather is very worried that uh, his grandson is going to disappear without having his fangs come out. So that's the genesis of this storyline. So it is fairly unilateral. It is fairly linear. I enjoyed it, um, but I do see they let the opening for, again, a third one, but I, I wanted more from it. it. It felt, as my girlfriend would say, a little bit like a grilled cheese sandwich. Satisfying, but not overly so. So, um, then... What I also watched last week, for any person who is really interested in doing something with your own health and creating your own health, it was uh, an online series of seminars entitled The Evolution of Medicine Summit.com. Again, Evolution of Medicine Summit.com. Unbelievable. For those of you who are interested in taking care of your health, your family's health, your future, whether it's autoimmune, whether it's gut health, whether it's the relationship of gut health to brain health, which people have to be aware. There's, I mean, I know a lot about this, but this for me was amazing. So uh, just to let you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a nurse, and uh, she also does work, you know, more in, in, in broader areas. And this for me was uh, off the charts. Amazing. Now, we're going to be coming up for our first break. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about what your Halloween outfit says about you and what sexual fantasies get presented at Halloween. And I have to tell you, some of them are quite remarkable and very fun, but also very, very telling. 
And again, as I said at the top of the show, the woman who said, so what does it mean if I want to be a piece of cake? And, you know, for her, it was the, you know, she also wasn't happy with her body. She did not want her body on display. She was a mom with three kids. And she just was like, I, I just want to have fun and enjoy the happiness and the sweetness of life. There we go. We're coming up to our break. Stay with me. And when I come back, I'll tell you what your fantasies and Halloween outfits really mean. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Welcome to Toginet, cutting-edge radio. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, what I said I'd be talking about is fantasies and what your Halloween costume actually say about you and your sexual self. So I'll start with where this idea first came from. Uh, I have written about it. You know, it, it is in my book, The Great Lover Playbook, and it is a whole chapter on fantasies, and I will be you know, referring to that uh, throughout this segment. But I was with uh, someone, and we happened to be at a, uh, a restaurant with an outdoor, with the outdoor courtyard leading up to a, a very huge nightclub. And it was uh, on Halloween. It was pouring rain, which here in Los Angeles, you know, you would get rain occasionally, but not a lot. But this was like an absolute deluge. And what struck me is how many of the women were dressed as angels or dressed as, you know, little 
princess outfits or in something that was amazingly revealing and the guys were all dressed like thugs. And I don't mean just a little bit. I mean a lot. They were out and out. It was like prison garb. And I looked at this and I was like, what? What is going on here? And the, what the, you know, when I finally went back and went, okay, what, what, what are these people doing and what are they exhibiting? It's the main, here's the thing that happens with fantasies. There's a certain feeling that people want to get or evoke with their outfit or their behavior. And the first thing I ask people when they want to know about fantasies is what and how do you really want to feel? Um, perhaps you want to be someone who is so unbelievably attractive and appealing that no one can resist you, okay? Uh, is it that you have a desire to, to have more power than you actually do in your current relationship? So the big thing to ask yourself is, when you, when you look at your outfit, okay, let's say I'm looking here, for example, at a catalog for 2015 Halloween and costume from El Dorado. So here we have a woman dressed up in a cop outfit swinging her handcuffs with a hat on and fishnet hose. Okay, this is part power. This is part I'm so seductive you can't resist me. And I am very much that sexual creature. Then there's the, and the majority of them, <laughs> I've seen some of these guys with the, for, the, for the gay audience, and they put like little horns on their head. I mean, really, that's hilarious. <laughs> but you know, you're such a devil. So when you are looking at this, it really is, what's the feeling you want to evoke? Do you want to be so desirable? Do you want to feel more powerful? Because most times with fantasies, the women are wanting to be so desired, and that can play out a number of different ways. So she can be so desired that the teacher can't resist her, right? She's the seductive student. Or she is a woman where someone follows her, and he is, you know, the incredibly uh, gorgeous stranger who seduces her because he can't resist her. And But they all boil down to, she has an irresistible quality. So almost any fantasy, whether it's the schoolgirl, okay, she's naughty and needs to be restrained. She's so attractive and people can't resist her. She needs to be disciplined or, I mean, any, almost any fantasy or outfit can play out in different ways depending on what and how you want to feel, okay? So when I look at, so one of the things someone said is that, the, they thought it was in poor taste, but that there would be a number of Caitlyn Jenner outfits being, you know, people uh, representing themselves as Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> this Halloween, and I'm kind of like, okay. And that's more, let's be very au courant and let's make fun of something. Um, you know, so, you know, she got a lot of attention, but really the the whole thing boils down to, I think, once you have someone who is transgender making the Halloween costume lineup, you're putting things much, much more so into the general, you know, 
general awareness and general, um, you know, uh, sensitivity and on their own radar factor. So let's say you're looking at a fantasy with your partner. One of the things you have to first determine is what turns you both off and on? Do you know what that is? So if your partner really would like to be a, uh, you know, act as like the fireman and have you be something else, but you feel, you know, this is one of the things in a show that I'd watched where the only thing that was left for Halloween was like a gorilla costume. <laughs> really cute. <laughs> but the thing is, you have to know when you're looking at any fantasy, what turns you both off and on. Then what you also have to look at is, are you, is it an environment that's safe for both of you? So let's say it's a friend's place and you're going to go both wear your costumes. Are you safe in that environment? Would that be okay? Some of us may have already seen this before. I've watched where I know that the woman is not comfortable wearing what she's wearing. And I mean not comfortable at all. And she has... You know, her bust is very exposed, pushed up, and it's more done for him. And the exhibitionism, another, you know, another fantasy for some, is that it has to be something, again, that for both they're willing to do and that is being supported by both sides. I may have mentioned, I had a friend of mine who does BDSM, She's a professional dom, and she said that she's had women who have come with a partner, and the fantasy is he wanted to see her with another woman. And as the woman I know is with, this woman who's doing it so that the boyfriend can watch, she's crying and and very unhappy and very upset. And my friend would say to her, why are you even here? Why are you doing this? And... It was because she was worried about losing him. Well, if that is how little you think of yourself about being in a relationship, I would suggest you do a little internal review and go, this just really doesn't work for me. And if that's the only thing that you know this person's interested in, that's okay too. But it isn't a matchup for you. And if it hurts your heart and hurts your soul, please just don't do it. I'll, I'll give you an example of an exhibitionistic uh, thing that a couple did. And, you know, many times, oh, it just, uh, there was an article on, uh, oh, I think it might have been TMZ, but what it was talking about is the BDSM street fair in San Francisco, and Instagram has taken down a number of the pictures that were put up there. There's no question some of these, you know, pictures, there's, a great deal of epidermis being shown, uh, some of which is, you know, not safe for at work. However, what they're doing is, you know, they're they're making sure that the the street fair, which you know, BDSM has all a number of its own rules of what is okay, is not okay. Most importantly, has to be safe, sane, and consensual. And but Instagram causing a little bit of a kerfuffle because they keep taking down posted pictures. Now you know here we go. To reach his own. Now to go back to this, this is an example of an exhibitionistic couple who they like to show themselves off. They like to be in public, but they also like to do it 
in private. And what had happened is they were renovating their home. And while they were doing so, the, her husband had built a small interior room with a viewing window cut out above because he liked to wash her, watch her when she was having a shower or when she was doing, you know, a, um, having a bath. And so the play between the two of them was that she knew and she preferred to use a uh, shower hose as that was her preferred form of masturbating. And, but what, so what she would do is it was very erotic for her to know that while she was doing herself in the, the tub, that she knew that he was doing himself in the little room that he had built for, you know, for the observing. And the reason I know that this is actually what happened is because it was parents of a friend of mine. And the fact that she actually shared with all of her girlfriends, I think we were maybe age nine, that she was like, oh, yeah, this is where my dad likes to come and watch my mother. It was kind of like, really? Okay. We were just, I mean, we were nine, so we were kind of like, "Mm -hmm, okay, that's what they do. That's fine. The menage a trois thing, having, you know, two women with one man or, you know, one man, you know, two women with two women with one man, two men with one woman. Again, it has to be something that's okay for you. I have seen those as Halloween costumes. I have seen, you know, the two people join together sort of in in the power structure where one was where she was used to being very subservient at work. And in their scenario, she became the dom in their Halloween outfit, and that ended up becoming their favorite fantasy. He was a great big, huge cop. So his thing was the little dog collar around his neck and walking steps behind her, making sure that he observed, you know, the protocols of who he was as in playing the submissive. But I'll also let you know that in situations where men often want to have the role play reversal where the woman is dominant, these often are men who are very powerful in a business world or in their own world, and they want to have someone dominate them. And I've also seen it where a woman who was very powerful, she was a top attorney, she wanted to have her partner, she, it was very erotic for her to have him um, slap the side of her face, and he just couldn't do it. He simply couldn't do it. It was something that was outside of, as we would say, outside of the comfort zone. So we're coming up to our second break here. When we come back, I will be continuing with fantasies like the dress-up, uh, the swinging, the board housewife and the cabana boy, and we will go into more of those uh, and your Halloween costume. Stay with me. We'll be right back. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. You've just finished an invigorating workout. You feel refreshed, rejuvenated, and you are ready to seize the day. The question is, should I eat after my exercise? The answer is yes. I tell my clients to eat as soon as possible after they exercise and always eat within an hour of your workout. This window of time is the most beneficial period for your body to receive post-exercise nutrition. Focus on protein and complex carbohydrates to replenish your body. Whole grains and brown rice are good for your complex carbohydrates. For protein, eat skinless chicken breasts, fish, beans, eggs, and protein shakes. Fuel your body within one hour of finishing your workout and keep your energy reserves in tip-top shape. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. While I was on the break, I happened to be going through this uh, 2015 the Halloween in costume. It comes from uh, El Dorado. They are one of the largest distributors of um, product in the area of adult novelties. One of the things I happen to see. Now, I have to admit, I've not seen this one before. Laser cut bat eyelashes. Now, when's the last time you wanted to have a bat on your eyelashes? <laughs> I mean, really, people. But, you know, there we go. Um, then we also have vampirist uh, blood drop jewels. So you can basically put little blood drops all over your body and your face should you wish to. So, you know, the vampire movies, the the role play of how powerless, you know, when I talk at the top of the show of movies and uh, how we identify with them, what makes us feel powerful. So whether it is, you know, playing a vampire, playing a zombie because you can't be killed, playing something that goes in with where and how you want to feel. And I think if people have more permission on this, I think we'd have a lot healthier relationships because many times people, as a result of being worried about being judged, in the same way they won't talk about their fantasies, they often won't say what they'd really like to do at Halloween. And I, that's what I say to people. I say, listen, if you want to know what people's fantasies are, <laughs> look at what they wear. 
when they're a Halloween. And so here we go. Let's go back and talk about some that are in the Great Lover Playbook. And again, as before the break, I said we talk about, you know, the swinging. Here's the thing with most people who actually swing or have open relationships. It is something that is consensual between both parties. It is not something where someone has an affair and brings someone in. That won't work. And it has to be something that is of, you know, a nature, of nature between the two of them. Whether that fantasy is you pretend that you are, you don't know one another and you meet one another in a bar and pick one another up. I have a friend of mine who he did that with his partner of four years and he said, it was one of the hottest things that the two of them had ever done. And he said they stayed in character throughout. This is also an individual who last year, speaking of, you know, who and what you want to represent, they both had been raised Catholic. She is from South America. He is from here. He's from North America. And both raised Catholic. And he has a shaved head. She looks, she's a tiny little, you know, dark-haired spitfire. He dressed up as a priest, and she dressed up as a nun. And then they went up to San Francisco. Now, anyone who has been in San Francisco during Halloween, you know that they pull out all the stops. So when they arrived, and to say that my friend Michael looked like a priest is a freaking understatement. So people were like... The fact that the priest and the nun were kissing one another on the street corner, people were getting all nervous and bent out of shape, but there were a lot of the cross-dressers, a lot of people dressed up in whatever it may have been that wanted to have their picture with the priest and with the nun. So, I mean, they had a, they had a real nerve with that. And by the way, a lot, all the platform shoes that everyone sees that, you know, people have been wearing for the last, you know, seven, eight, whatever years it is. Do you know that originally, I mean, those are stripper shoes. That's where they all come from. And so here you're paying. I mean, it used to be that the only people who wore those things were strippers. So then when uh, McQueen, Alexander McQueen, is one of the first who brought in fetish clothes to be the clothes that became mainstream. I mean, he's got skulls on things. He's got, you know, he, you know, would push all of the boundaries on things. He has the purses that have the, you know, the knuckle busters. So you, you know, the type that you wrap, you know, put four fingers in. And if you're having a fight, then that way you don't hurt your, you know, you really hurt someone else, but you don't hurt your hand. And when you look at the source of where the majority of these things come from, you know, they are, a lot of them come straight out of someone's idea of this is how good I want to be or this is how bad I want to be. We've got the devil costumes. What does that mean? Okay, how bad and how badly can you behave? We've got the angels. Of course, there's always angels. Then we have the little animals. Do you want to be a furry? Do you want to dress up like a bunny? Or do you want to have a lace bunny ears on your head? Do you want to wear fishnets because that for you is like, you know, highly erotic? Where are the whips? Where are the little schoolgirl outfits? Where are the, you know, the French maid? Yeah, French maid. Mm -hmm. Again, that's the highly seductive, highly desirable play myself as who you would really want to be with. Then we have the boots. Now, what happens now is that often these things end up doing crossover into 
new fashion because let's be honest, we all have two legs and two arms and there has to be some way to cover them. So they end up borrowing from any place that looks like there's a trend going on. Just to give you another example of it, when you are looking to go somewhere for Halloween or go somewhere to enjoy yourself, you know what you now have? Even AAA Magazine has all of the zombie tours so you can go down and scare yourself half witless going on a zombie tour or trying to get away from the zombies who every time you don't do something right, the zombies come closer and closer to touching you slash eating you. I was like, really? I, I, I guess I never, I guess I haven't been into the zombie field. But anyways, let's go back. Let's say you want to indulge your dress-up fantasy whether that's as a queen, whether that's as the um, harlot, whether that is, you know, the, the angel, whatever it may be, again, be sure that it is something that works well for you. And be sure to try it on beforehand because like a lot of lingerie, many of these costumes are super itchy and scratchy. And if it doesn't feel comfortable and it's, is itchy and scratchy, you're not going to be able to remain in character as well, right? So you also have to set your mind on something. Make sure that when you are looking at and and you'll know in a nanosecond if something works for you or doesn't. And chances are, flip through a magazine, flip through something else. I mean, admittedly, we're coming down to you don't have that many days left, but... Look at what may be appealing for you. And it could be something as simple as you wear one symbolic thing. And you could pretend, you know, you're the married woman and you're picking up some guy in the bar if that's your boyfriend. Whatever it may be, it has, you have to stay in the character of it until you both decide you want to be out of it. Okay? You know, the board housewife and cabana boy. Classic. Um, I do know a woman, actually, who was the board housewife with the pool boy. And her thing that she liked to do, swear to God, was her trophy was to keep their underwear or their swim shorts. Here you go. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't all like the same things, right? Um, yeah, the prostitute and the gentleman. I can't believe that in the I think it was Miss America or Miss USA, the woman said about the empowerment of women in movies, and she used the uh, pretty woman as an example of Julia Roberts being highly empowered. Oh, yo, yo, hand on forehead. <laughs> the woman was having to use survival sex in order to live. Come on, wake up. Now, officer and a gentleman, that's a different, you know, scenario. Let's say you would like to do um, phone sex. You can dress up however you would like for phone sex. You can tell your partner what you're doing, and now you literally have uh, phones and products that you can operate and be stimulating your partner while you're traveling. You know, keeps you connected. That's the uh, you know that's the big you know. It's kind of like okay, honey, we're gonna have a call at this amount. We have a three. We have a eight hour time difference. I'm going to be wearing this, you're going to be wearing that. So you set your scene with 
you know, your fantasy is you're going to do phone sex, but you're also setting the scene like the day before so that, you know, sharing what you're doing, what they're doing, what the room looks like, and get the entire thing. You know, I don't often recommend that people do things on Skype if they're going to be nude and doing things. For heaven's sakes, the Internet is like the frickin' Wild West. Why would you do a transmission of one of your most private scenarios with someone over the Internet? Um, best to keep it to just audio. That way, you hear it, they hear it, and there you go. Now, the for many uh, friends of mine who are gay, they like to have they like to have the daddy twink scenario. So the young man and the daddy role. And for some of them, they started as at one point, you know, when they were in their early twenties or you know late teens, they were that young you know, very desirable young guy who the older men were interested in. And now as they have matured, they become the daddy, but their turn on is still that fantasy, that relationship, and that scenario. Um, There's the doctor-nurse fantasies. We know these. Um, We, you know, it could be that you have to be examined. It could be that you, you know, have something wrong, or it could be anything that would take you into a doctor's office. And the doctor can be female, too. Heck, um, I know someone who he was at OBGYN, and he had never had anyone put him in the stirrups and do him orally. And it was like an off-the-charts thing for him, but it was um, something that, again, he was used to being the doctor, and this time he was the recipient of all of the attention. So when we're coming up to our you know, final break here, when we look at our fantasies, we just have to be really kind with ourselves about how we want to feel. What, and also, what does our partner want to get from it? So that's why someone who is in the area of BDSM Vanilla people could learn a lot from them because BDSM, they talk about what they want to to create, the sensation they want to create, the ideas behind it, and they also are clear, clear, clear of the, you know, of the enjoyment factor. We're coming up to our final break. Stay with me and I'll be back with more fantasies. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the 
lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So um, we've been talking about what your sexual fantasies and your Halloween outfits say about you. And one area and one thing that I have given uh, people an idea of what to do is finish the fantasy. And this is something that got started because people would say, well, I, you know, I don't really know what they might be. And so what I did is here I literally created it, and I call it, as I said, Finish the fantasy. So here's what you do. You start a sentence, and then together, use your own creative juice to complete the storyline, <clears throat> creating your own fantasy. Favorite starter sentences include, she is walking away from me wearing a red silk robe when she drops it and, okay, finish the fantasy. Here's another. He walks in the door, and he has his in his hand. Now, most people would probably go like this. Oh, my God, he might have his penis in his hand. Maybe, maybe not. Or it might be he has his knapsack filled with something else. Or it could be that he has a, you know, uh, a present or something. But, again, finish it. Here's the other one. I have about five or six here. The phone rang and Zoom. He asked her to meet him. Okay? She passed by him every day on the subway. And doesn't that sound like a fun one to, you know, stranger sex, um, play out that scenario with a partner? No one told her the new professor would be so fill in the blank. 
she just loved a man in uniform. For many women now, it's a man who's in a suit. <laughs> um, but you're going to fill in the blank with whatever erotic idea comes to mind. And some couples will even take things up a bit further by alternating sentences so that they both have input into, you know, the fantasy's direction. So, you know, he might want it to say it one way, she might say it another way, okay? And include their different ideas. One thing, if you have or are someone who enjoys fantasies and uh, erotica and enjoys sex toys, there is a book entitled Come Again, and it is a sex toy erotica. And one that I, you know, just happened was the thing of women using bikes to masturbate and how that was something that people thought did not happen. And I can assure you from listening and talking to people, oh, indeed, it does. So, again, the person on top is the person who controls all the motion. So that may very well be uh, exactly what is happening for these women and for men it's like oh dear all I uh, all I did is I you know fell off the bike and you know I ended up getting you know blue balls well that's not too happy a situation but what you are looking at is you can say that your fantasy may be that you want to use toys with your partner or incorporate a different type of toy with your partner or you've got an idea of, you know, you might want to use something, you like toys, you already use them, but you want to use a different toy. You might want to use double penetration toys. Again, this is something that for many couples, the just the permission to talk about it is huge. And there is a magic in being able to have these kinds of conversations with your partner. And, you know, for some people, it's, it's not that easy. And yet, if, because our fantasies are often something that we masturbate to, and that is even more private than being, you know, nude and sexual with someone. Because many times people worry that they will think that their, uh, that their fantasies are, uh, they're too sophomoric, they're too weird. Uh, one gentleman had said to me, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, and then the other thing is, where do most people imprint their fantasy ideas from? They often will get them from the adult industry, which in large part is not exactly your friend when it comes to getting ideas. It's really about how someone else wants to masturbate. So you have to be clear for yourself. Again, I know I'm repeating this again, but be clear about what it is is going to make you feel good. So let's say you want to try light bondage. So you want to try a power exchange. You want to do, you want to spend eight hours being a pro-dom. Then do your research and, and check out what each part of these mean. I'll tell you, there's a woman who I did uh, a session with, and her, remember I talked about the men who want to be dominated often are tremendously successful in their own world. That was the case with this. He, wa he was married, and he wanted her to be a pro-dom. Well, a pro-dom has very set things that they do. And so it was 
developing her persona, developing exactly how she would give him commands, where he would sit, what he would do the moment he walked in the door. As an example, with this case, he was to disrobe the moment he came in the door. He was to put on an apron, um, the one that went around his neck and then around his waist. So in essence, he was nude except for this apron. He was to uh, ask what she would prefer to drink. You know, mistress, what would you care for? Mistress may ask a question. And then he would go and get her what she wanted, and he was to kneel in front of her. And for him to be able to do this and to live out this and to actually do this fantasy was huge. So, and she needed to have a persona that went with it and the, uh, as we would say, the accoutrement, the, the whips, the things. So if he did things the wrong way, she could like wrap his hand or wrap his genitals or do something that put him back, you know, that said, you know, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm the only one who's doing any, you know, any amount of the commands. And so it wasn't so much for them um, only about the sex. It was her being the dominant one because this was a man who dominated in business. And I've had a couple of other men tell me exactly the same thing, that that is, I know a woman who had a, uh, she would, would wrestle with men at a uh, person had a, a boxing, this is kind of a different thing, a boxing yoga studio. And these men wanted to be dominated. And they wanted a woman who could literally toss them around. And that was their thing. Again, what is, be clear about what it is you want to try. Let's say you want to try strap-ons. Well, make sure that your partner is into strap-ons. Do you want to have a strap-on that has a vibe with it, or do you want to have a strap-on that doesn't? Do you want to try different types of sex toys? Is, is your fantasy to be someone who tests sex toys? And your fantasy is, I will let you know whether or not this is a decent vibrator or not. That was That's one woman's you know, fantasy that she loves to be able to, when she is masturbating, she is the tester for all of the sex toys. I have other people who the important thing is is that they are going to be developing as a result of them using the toys while masturbating. They're creating new things and new ideas that can be manufactured, and then they're going to be, from an exhibitionistic standpoint, then they're going to be at the front of the room displaying and showing people how to use them. They would have on the short tool skirt. They would have on you know, the little top. They would have on whatever it may be. But again, they, because they were you know, by themselves and it's their fantasy and they're masturbating, they could just completely stay in character. But if your character thing is to be uh, uh, camouflage, commando, and you've got, you know, a uh, grenades and you've got the the bando of the 
shells and things that you can wear, you can do that too. It really all depends on, you know, I am so, you know, so deadly, I can take you out because I've got all the ammo to do so. The important thing that I want people to know is that your fantasies are generally all okay. They are, as long as it's consensual, as long as it isn't something where someone is being taken advantage of because there's a change in a power dynamic. I was reading this woman saying she was looking at fantasy clothes, and she said, what the heck are people doing? She said, toddlers don't think about themselves in a sexual way. Why are we putting toddlers in sexual outfits? She said, that's, you know, that's an adult thing that you're going to do. But, you know, whether or not you want to be, you know, a, you know, bondage, and if you want to do anything in the area of light bondage, check out sportsheets.com. They have a great line of things that you can use. They've got a whole range. They they were known for their vanilla kink long before anybody else. And whatever it is you want to do on Halloween or whatever day or time you want to you know, have a fantasy. Let's be honest. We fantasize about the cars we want to drive. We fantasize about the clothes we want to wear. We fantasize about the foods we want to eat, the houses we want to live in. Why wouldn't we fantasize about the things we'd like to do sexually or the images we'd like to present? That's only normal. And for anyone who tells you you shouldn't be thinking a particular way or whatever, that's okay. That's they're thinking. It's not yours. As long as it's safe, sane, consensual, not under the influence of something, chances are your fantasies are fine and you're going to have a fabulous Halloween or your next fantasy play. Enjoy yourself. Have a marvelous time. You can find me at loupadget.com. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 